Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When Lee Ariano was growing up in the 1990s, he was your typical Midwestern suburban teen. This was the Jordan years, right, in Illinois. So, of course, I loved basketball. I loved video games. And I loved to read. Loved going to our library. But the town where Lee grew up, a little one-horse town called Dixon, about 100 miles outside of Chicago, well, that place, he couldn't wait to leave. The streets were a mess. The old theater downtown, it became an eyesore, and the roof of the library leaked. Things like roofs, they were just starting to decay. You know, that probably factored into one of the reasons I was so eager to get away. I didn't think there was a lot going on. I didn't think there was a lot of opportunities. Dixon just didn't seem to have a lot. It didn't seem like the town should have been struggling. The unemployment rate was lower than the national average. The economy was chugging along, and lots of people found work at the big hospital in town or at the battery factory. And there are plenty of folks with money around. People like Rita Crunwell. Rita had a day job as comptroller of the city of Dixon, but she was better known for what she did in her spare time, buying and breeding competition quarter horses. For the most versatile and athletic horses in the world, it's the American Quarter Horse Association World Championship Show. In the horse world, Rita Crunwell was a big deal. The shelves of her living room had all sorts of trophies and ribbons and championship belt buckles her horses had won. Makes me cry because she's just a great mare and she won seven world champions. And she just has a special place in my heart. <laughs> she rolled up to the horse show in a 40-foot long luxury RV with her initials painted on the side. She come towing a quarter million dollar trailer for her horses and a whole other trailer just for her clothes. And her clothes, she wore rhinestone studded western shirts, spangly leopard print jackets, and hoop earrings. With her dishwater blonde hair pulled back underneath a big white Stetson. And as you can imagine, everyone admired the horses she bred. She was absolutely gorgeous and I've been doing this for 30 years and I can tell you, I've never started a horse sale with one as good as this one. One of her horses sold at auction for more than $3 of a million dollars. $775,000. Nobody suspected it at the time, but it turned out that Rita's success and the town's struggles were linked in some very surprising ways. Lee Ariano didn't know Rita Crunwell personally. As a teenager who listened to Green Day and Blink-182, he didn't exactly run or trot. <laughs> yeah, you see what I did there? Trot in the same circles. But he knew her by reputation. And just so you guys know, 
these corny horse jokes, they're coming. So saddle up. She was apparently very charming, very charismatic in her own way, and she charmed people. But what he does know is the effect she had on his town. He was reminded of it all the time when he drove past the abandoned houses in his neighborhood, buildings the city would have torn down if they'd had the money. It became years and years and years where it just got completely ignored, where neighbors are convinced drug deals are happening and saying, I wouldn't have to drive by this on the way to work and know what this is bringing into my neighborhood if it wasn't for Rita Cronwell. I'm Alzo Slade, and this is Cheat, the podcast where we ask, is it ever okay to break the rules? In this week's episode, a big city fraud, but in a small Midwestern town. Dixon, Illinois is home to about 15,000 residents and I don't know how many acres of cornfields. If anybody wants to know about community and what community is all about, come to Lee County in Dixon, Illinois. Dixon was also where the actor-turned-president Ronald Reagan grew up. It was the birthplace of Hollywood gossip columnist Luella Parsons, and it was home to Rita Crunwell, an actress in her own right who would give Dixonians plenty to gossip about. Dixon, it's a small, beautiful, little quaint town with a lot of local restaurants and businesses, a place that you don't think to lock your doors at night. That's Kelly Richmond Pope, an expert in forensic accounting and a professor at DePaul University in Chicago who studies corporate crime. Kelly was so fascinated by the story of Dixon, she made a documentary about what happened there. Rita started working for the city part-time while she was still in high school in the late 1960s. She was a bright kid, an honor student, and people liked her, especially the then city comptroller, Denise, who saw promise in Rita and convinced her to skip college and stay on at City Hall after graduation. When Denise retired in 1983, Rita replaced her as comptroller. The responsibilities of a comptroller, it's very important. They manage all the money. So when the mail comes in and their bills that need to be paid and the budget needs to be made and you're interacting with the auditors, I mean, everything that deals with money is managed and overseen by the city comptroller. So it is a very big job. It's like the CFO of the town. That's really who Rita was. She was the CFO of the city of Dixon. So you needed a big invoice paid or approved. You were going through Rita. She was getting in the invoices. She was getting the bills. She was setting the budget for the year. She was cutting the checks. She was picking up the mail. She was doing some of the financial auditing internally, just all of these things. <laughs> In a town like Dixon, there was just no reason for that whatsoever. But people trusted Rita. She'd been around forever. By the time Lee Ariano was growing up in the 90s, she'd been at Dixon long enough to see three mayors come and go. Rita was one of the few people who worked at City Hall full-time. Most folks elected to actually run the city were basically volunteers, juggling their government duties with a day job, like a high school PE teacher. Even the mayor made less than $10,000 a year. Rita was diligent. She was organized. 
and she knew how the city worked like nobody else. They described her as quiet. She really kept an arm's length distance with people. You know, not somebody that gossiped. So modest would probably be a really good word. But there was another side to Rita, a side her co-workers didn't really see. She had this alter ego. So she was like this really quiet municipal employee by day. And then she had this other life. By night, she was this showgirl with these horses and hats and belt buckles and boots and all kinds of things like uh, Dolly Parton meets Dixon, Illinois, maybe. Rita got into horses around 1990, buying them, breeding them, and showing them. She'd take almost three months off work every year to devote to her new hobby. And pretty soon, she started dominating at the annual Quarter Horse World Championships. As her competition success grew, so did her stable. In 2006, she owned around 400 pretty ponies and bought an 88-acre ranch to house them all. Just imagine this huge ranch surrounded by this fence and hundreds of horses. And yeah, that alone screams, well, In addition to the ranch, Rita owned two homes in Dixon. One of them, a big three-story house off Route 52, with a pool in the backyard, a grand piano, and a gym. Above the dining table hung a Western-themed chandelier made from six shooters and spurs. Well, I'll be damned. She had a whirlpool tub and horseshoes embedded in the tile floor of her glassed-in shower. And in the driveway, had a gleaming 1967 Corvette. Rita loved shops, and quarter horses are expensive. And then the upkeep of those horses took a lot, $200,000 a month caring for the horses. It was kind of wild how much money she was spending, and it didn't seem like a lifestyle someone could afford on a public servant's salary, especially in a town like Dixon. There were rumors of where Rita's wealth came from. She had some stock in Campbell's Soup Company. Others in town thought maybe she had a rich boyfriend who left her everything when he died. And even as Rita was dropping up to $300,000 on a single horse, she was also a breeder who could turn around and sell those horses for huge piles of cash. So some people probably assume She was just running a really, really successful horse business. Whatever the case, people in Dixon didn't ask too many questions, in town or at City Hall. No one likes to talk about money. It's sort of cultural. We don't talk about, hey, how much money do you make? We don't do that. So if you're good at the finances, people really sort of leave you at bay. And that's what they did with Rita. Meanwhile, the city of Dixon was having a terrible time. Year after year, There just wasn't enough money in the budget. The roads were crumbling and raggedy. There were layoffs and leaky libraries. The city took loans to cover the shortfall. And then... It was a manic Monday in the financial markets. The Dow tumbled more than 500 points. Lehman Brothers, a 158-year-old firm, filed for bankruptcy. The recession hit. The whole world economy collapsed. Nobody thought to question why Dixon's finances came up short. Well, almost nobody. There were other small cities in Illinois that were doing just fine, even running a surplus. One of those cities even wrote Dixon a letter basically saying, yo, you know, y'all should look into your books. And then 
on one October day in 2011, someone finally did. Rita Crunwell was out of the office, off on one of her extended breaks from work attending to horse matters. She'd asked her friend and co-worker, Kathy Swanson, to look after things while she was gone. Kathy Swanson. She was preparing the monthly treasurer's report for the town to get ready for a city council meeting, and she didn't have all of the information that she needed. And so this particular day, Kathy calls the bank and asked for all of the accounts. So the operative word that we're using here is she said all. So the bank faxes her all of the information about all of the accounts that were at the bank and then popped up the secret account that Kathy had never seen. She was like, hmm, I see these large withdrawals coming out of this account and I don't know what it is and I'm suspicious. I don't know what to do. She waited a couple days before she talked to Mayor Burke and then that's really how the investigation started. Kathy and the mayor were about to discover that the city of Dixon was going deeper and deeper into debt. And it was all because Rita Crunwell had her fingers in the municipal cookie jar. If you look at the trend line of the city's borrowing, it almost perfectly matches the dollar amounts she was stealing. That's after the break. So hold your horses, if you will. I told you. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed with mushrooms? No. Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. As the city clerk of a small Midwestern town, Kathy Swanson never imagined she'd wind up acting as a secret agent for the federal government. But that's where she found herself when she realized that her friend of 20 years, Rita Crunwell, had been cooking the books at the city of Dixon, Illinois. When Kathy took her concerns to the mayor, the mayor took them to the FBI. And together, they started watching Rita for months. That six months of almost feeling as though she was working undercover, collecting information to pass over to the FBI. So Mayor Burke and Kathy knew that they were onto something, and so they were giving information to the FBI to help them build the case. At the office, they played it cool with Rita. All the usual pleasantries and water cooler chat. But all the while, they watched that secret bank account. They saw taxpayer money flow into it and flow right back out again. The investigation showed that a few years after taking over as comptroller, Rita started skimming from the city coffers. What's crazy is the scam was shockingly simple. The city had six official bank accounts that everybody knew about, but unbeknownst to them, Rita had opened a seventh unofficial bank account. It was in the city's name, but there was a second name on the account too, Reserve Sewer Capital Development Account, or RSCDA, care of Rita Crunwell. Rita had a really simplistic scheme, and it was just moving money from one account to the next. That's it. 
And so when you think about the types of scams and schemes that are out there, there are some that are far more complicated, like a Ponzi scheme, like a Bernard Madoff kind of thing. Enron, much more sophisticated. Rita literally just opened a secret account and moved money from one account into the secret account. Rita made it look like the RSCDA account was for legitimate infrastructure projects like sidewalks and sewer repairs. She'd make up phony invoices for imaginary repairs that would never get done. Then she'd move money from the city's main account to her own secret account. That's it. That's all she did. There's bucket A and bucket B. Take money out of A, put it in B, and then write checks off B. That's about it. And those checks? Yeah, these are checks for personal expenses like visits to the spa, checks for jewelry and furs, checks to the American Quarter Horse Association. And those fake invoices, they weren't even good fakes. She had spelling and grammatical errors, and the formatting of these documents looked kind of bootleg. The paper trail showed that Rita made 179 of these transfers altogether, often for six-figure sums each time. And after more than 20 years of this nonsense, the total amount was completely mind-boggling. The fraud started, let's say, 1988-89 at an amount around $25,000. Very small. And just imagine by 2012, we're up to $53.7 million. All of these millions of dollars in this small Midwestern town. And Rita's thefts grew larger every year. One year, she stole more than half of the city's whole $10 million budget. It just became just a habit, just something that she did, almost like you breathe. And she really didn't think about it anymore. So I think that she just lost track of her own fraud. And she was doing it right under everybody's noses. Kathy Swanson and the mayor watched it happen in real time. During the investigation, Rita stole millions in just a few months. Finally, the feds announced it was time to make their move. She comes to work. Mayor Brooks says, Rita, look, come into my office. And she walks in, sits down, and she sees an officer. It's the FBI, and they had some questions for her. You had to think that Rita knew one of these days that could have happened. When the FBI comes for you, typically they already know the answer to the question. Have you been stealing money? They probably already know that you have been. Rita admitted it right then and there. You could say it was straight from the horse's mouth. Am I right? I know it's bad, but I can't help myself. When she was arrested and they questioned her about how much money have you stolen, she was like, uh, I think it's about $30 million, but I can pay it back. I can pay it back. When authorities raided her house, they found boxes in the basement filled with records of fraud, reams of paper meticulously organized that showed exactly what Rita had spent all that money on. Jewelry, real estate, of course, Cars, bedazzled jackets, hats, belt buckles, very expensive, exquisite things. Pickup trucks, a convertible, and that motor home she rode into horse competitions with cost more than $2 million. All of it was seized by the feds. And then, of course, there were the horses. 400 championship show horses, one of them worth almost a million dollars all by itself. And now that all of Rita's crimes had come to light, Kelly Richmond Pope recognized that there was something telling about the horses' names. 
When you go through the list, you'll see there's probably 40% of those names that just sort of scream, I'm living a double life, I'm a thief, I'm embezzling millions of dollars from you and you don't know it. She scores, I found a penny, be careful who you invite. I think that it's just a coincidence, but it's just a really big coincidence, right? When the news broke, the story was huge. This afternoon in the central Illinois town of Dixon, authorities announced a 60-count felony indictment against a woman named Rita Crunwell. She is accused of stealing taxpayer money on a breathtaking scale. Big headline in the city. Resident Lee Ariano, that teenager who'd been so eager to leave Dixon back in the 90s, he was now all grown up and had moved back just in time to see his hometown on the nightly news. But for all the wrong reasons. I remember reading the newspaper article, and then later that day, I'm jogging through town, and so I have time to ponder it. And I was trying to grasp what 54 million in the town would look like. You know, I'm putting businesses around. I'm thinking of roads fixed up. As you can imagine, angry residents swarmed the next city council meeting, demanding answers. Kelly Richmond Pope read about the story in the Chicago Tribune, and she had some questions. I kept going with it because my question was, what's the environment that is created that allows a person to think that they could steal that amount of money and get away with it? How does one person steal that amount of money for a long period of time and no one recognizes that it's missing? Rita was charged with 60 counts of felony theft. She pled guilty to embezzlement. When Rita embezzled $53.7 million, I initially thought she'd probably get 50 years in prison because that's a lot of money. Rita's case is known as the largest municipal fraud in U.S. history. When the sentence came down, the judge gave her close to the max, 19 years, seven months in federal prison. Case closed, justice served. But the city of Dixon still had some tough questions to answer, like, how could someone have dropped the ball so badly? This scam was so embarrassingly simple. Shouldn't someone have stopped it? Well, that's after the break. With Rita Crunwell behind bars, or put out the pasture, or maybe sent to a farm upstate, they keep coming, folks. The city of Dixon was left with one big unanswered question. How could this have happened? There was a walk-away, hands-off attitude that allowed the Ritas to be born. You can get away with something simplistic when there are no internal controls or very few people are paying attention to what you're doing. And she knew that. In Dixon, some of the problems were systemic. In a normal government, you have checks and balances, you have a whole legislative body or council body that's auditing, has financial oversight, fiduciary duties. But not so much in Dixon. You see, back then, the city operated on a commissioner form of government. Most cities nowadays are run on what's known as the city manager model. They have a well-paid professional city manager or a public works director overseeing projects and spending. But Dixon, well, they just had Rita. Dixon was full of opportunity, 
because we had very archaic systems. We had the commissioned form of government, which had a lot of power vested in people who in no way were trained or prepared for it necessarily. It was really siloed off into a very narrow spectrum. Almost all of that power and knowledge flowed through Rita. The interesting thing about Rita's scheme is the execution of it was easy, but the recording of it into the financial statements should have alerted everybody, their auditors. Even the city council, the commissioners, should have been alerted that something was off. But there were some people who should have been looking more closely at what Rita was doing. The bank, for one. I mean, she was writing checks for quarter horses off the city account. And nobody thought that was a little odd? How was she allowed to open that account in the first place without official authorization? And there was a big accounting firm that had been auditing the city's financial statements for years. They knew about the secret bank account. They saw all those fake invoices with the spelling mistakes and the terrible formatting. And they didn't do anything. The auditors and the bank did some things and approved some things outside of their own normal procedures that would have provided opportunity to prevent this. In fact, the same auditors who worked on Dixon's books, they also did Rita's personal taxes. They saw all of these crazy amounts of unexplained income coming into her personal accounts, and they didn't do a thing. Well, I guess it's like they say. You can lead an auditor to water, but you can't make him... Okay, enough is enough. Never mind. She charmed people. She charmed her political oversight. She charmed her co-workers. She charmed city auditors. She got the bank to do stuff they shouldn't have done. She got the auditors to do stuff they shouldn't have done. And uh, it shows the danger of charisma. The city of Dixon wound up suing both the bank and the auditing firm. They settled out of court for more than $40 million. And it's just not Rita. I mean, there's lots of Ritas around. I think it's a shared responsibility. And I'm not going to say everybody has the same amount of responsibility, but you have your commissioners, you have your mayor, you have your residents, and you have the bank. All of those parties had a role. Accounting expert Kelly Richmond Pope had done the math. Rita had stolen more than $3,000 from the pocket of every man, woman, and child in Dixon. Wouldn't you be pissed if someone broke into your house, stole three grand, and used it to buy a horse named Pizzazzy Lady? For resident Lee Ariano, it was a wake-up call. He remembers that jog he took around town the day the story broke. It was a watershed moment. That jog was the moment I looked around and said, I feel called to do this. He decided to run for mayor on a platform of government reform. Being mayor is a famously low-paying job in a rural community, but uh, what better place to be a government reformer than in the middle of the biggest municipal fraud in U.S. history? At the next election, Dixonians were like, no, enough is enough. And they voted out the entire city council and voted in Ariano as mayor. But before he could even get started, the specter of Rita's crime reared its head. A road just completely washed away in town. Literally, I hadn't even been in office a month yet. And 7th Street, Culvert, washed away. All those years of budget cuts and deferred maintenance meant Ariano had his job cut out for him. Dixon needed money. 
The judge had ordered Rita to pay the city more than $100 million in restitution, and the government started selling off her assets, including all her horses and at least 95 vials of frozen stallion semen. They sold the houses, the cars, and all those competition trophies. Even the pistol-themed chandelier had to go. Between the settlement and the auctions of Rita's stuff, Dixon got some money back. It wasn't $53 million, but it was something. There was about $10 million in various legal fees. After legal costs, we're, I think, a little over $40 million is total what we've brought back. Mayor Ariano used some of that money to repair washed-out streets. He put funds aside to finally knock down those old abandoned houses. And about half that money went to pay down interest on loans. Loans the city wouldn't have had to take if Rita hadn't been robbing it blind. When something like this happens, there's no way that you can't change. You have financial recovery, but you don't have the emotional recovery. And that's the part that I think Dixon is still struggling with. Kelly's documentary came out in 2017. And by the time the pandemic started, Dixon was finally starting to turn around. And then... There is mixed reaction in the city of Dixon tonight after the former comptroller who embezzled $54 million leaves prison early. Rita Cronwell was sentenced to almost 20 years behind bars after pleading guilty. Rita Cronwell got sprung from prison in August of 2021. Some kind of COVID-related compassionate release. The people of Dixon didn't get a say in the matter. Rita was assigned to a halfway house outside of Chicago. There are even rumors that she might be out on home confinement living with family back in Dixon. Wonder what that welcome looked like. And the horse world she was so famous in? Well, they said, nay. <laughs> She's been suspended by the American Quarter Horse Association and the National Snaffle Bit Association. I couldn't believe that the largest municipal fraudster would only serve eight years in federal prison. Eight years. You live like a queen for 20 years off of millions and millions and millions of dollars and you just go to jail for eight. That still is a lump in my throat right here that I'm just like, I can't believe she did that or I got away with it. I think what motivated Rita is the same thing that motivates any of us. I see it. I want it. No one's paying attention and I'm going to take it. And when she didn't get caught, it just kept happening over and over and over again. This kind of fraud is extremely common. This is the people's embezzlement because everybody can do something like this. Kelly really wishes we'd all get a little bit savvier about basic finance. We all should be able to read a basic balance sheet and income statement just so you can ask the question, well, Where's that money going? You need to be able to ask, and you have to be engaged with your money. We're engaged with our personal money that's in our wallet or our purse. Your tax dollars is your money, too, so you should care. I mean, let's be honest. There are thousands and possibly millions of readers all over the place. You might be one of them. If you could steal millions of dollars without anybody finding out about it, would you do it? Seems like she was just an opportunist enabled by a really poorly designed system. Mayor Ariano was taking steps to add transparency to Dixon's government. He broadcast council meetings on Facebook Live and post the city's financial statements online. But he can only do so much. As citizens, we also have obligations. 
Most of us don't take the time to dig too deep into local government. You know, it's not really sexy. You know, the nationwide elections for president and senator, those things are sexy. But when it comes to showing up for meetings or advocating where we want our money to be spent on the local level, we're usually not there. But we probably should be because this story has shown us what can happen when we don't. So check yourself and see if you got some Rita in you and maybe go to a meeting or two so you can start holding folks that spend your money accountable. Now, if y'all excuse me, I got to go see a man about a horse. <laughs> Had to leave you with that one. <laughs> Kelly Richmond Pope's documentary about the Dixon saga, All the Queen's Horses, is out now on Amazon. Her new book, Fool Me Once, Scam, Stories, and Secrets from the Trillion Dollar Fraud Industry, comes out March 23rd. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. Just a reminder to follow Cheat wherever you get it. And please do leave a rating and a review if you like what we're doing. It helps other people discover the show. And, of course, we want more listeners. Also, if you want to listen to the show without the ads, you can subscribe to Cheat Plus. It's like Cheat, but better. It's just $2.99 a month, or if you're in the U.K., £2.49. And you get all of this without having to listen to those annoying commercials. Just go to Apple Podcasts and hit subscribe instead of follow. You can try it for free now. Next time on Cheat. Early flying reptiles, early ancestors of dinosaurs, early amphibians, the first dinosaurs, then the golden age of dinosaurs, and then the last of the dinosaurs, and the tiny little mammals that lived alongside them in burrows in the ground the very earliest examples of our ancestry. Cheat is presented by me, Alzo Slade. This episode was produced by Maya Croft with help from Casey Georgie. The executive producers are Lizzie Jacobs and Tom Koenig. The series editor is Megan Dietrich. The original idea for the show was developed by Tom Fuller. Mixing and scoring by Martin Peralta at Output Media. Kyra Asabe Bonsu is our associate producer. Special thanks to the Sony legal team. Our production coordinators are Jennifer Mystery and Iker Egbatola. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.